Hi, hi everybody. Hello. Welcome back to oh something has just dropped. <laughs> All right, welcome back to our Property Brothers live show. Happy Saturday, everyone, and uh, thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, Melvin here. Adrian, how are you today? I'm great. Yeah, nice Saturday after the uh, holiday yesterday. Yep. How's uh, how's everything after the the extended circuit breaker? Is your hair growing longer already? Yeah, take a look. I'm, I'm looking for barber. Any house barber? <laughs> house barber, not allowed. You know, I, you know, I, I cut my hair like once every two weeks because I, I really don't like to have like hair jutting out of my side here. So it's really yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and I wanted to order like a, a, a razor blade from like Amazon. Those kind right. of trimmer, but it's like all sold out and stuff like that. Can we uh, wear a so for next? Next life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we can explore that. So, which room are you in today? I'm, I'm still in my daughter's room because every day from 12 to 2.30, baby Ethan is sleeping in my bedroom. So, I can't use my study room. Which room are you in today? Same. I'm in my master room, but just a different angle. Yeah, this is uh, the <laughs> backdrop. It's actually my two-door cupboard for myself where my wife has right. you know, most of the <laughs> cupboard space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only mine. <laughs> oh my That's oh, great. Okay, today we are going to have Kenny Singh back with yep. us. So actually, Kenny uh, was with us during one of our so far so good uh, podcast session in our studio back then before the circuit breaker, and he came on the show. Uh, that time Adrian was was having an appointment and stuff, so he couldn't join us. So we actually talked about a couple of questions about buying and selling uh, of property in Singapore. So today we're going to have Kenny's back. Uh, from BR Law, he's going to come on the show live with us. Kenneth, hello. Are you there? Hello. Kenneth. Hello. Hi, hey, Kenneth. Kenneth. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hi. How's oh, things? Okay, I'm How's good, things? Good. You're good. Okay. Yeah. So, thanks. So, uh, thanks. <laughs> right. So, uh, your business uh still falls into the the essential business. So, are you still going to to office and stuff? Uh, yes. Yeah, right, so every day then, you still like, go to work the normal. Not in then. Um, All right. It's it it's a bit restricted now because basically we have um only around six to ten people are allowed in office at any one time. So we have six to ten people doing the work of 46 effectively. <laughs> so so okay. that's that, that, that's what it is now. La. So um there has been some um how should I put this? Um, we 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 can't fulfill uh, we can't maintain some of our service standards because of of, of for obvious reasons. Okay, mm-hmm. so but um, I think everybody is just uh, very understanding and everybody is just making do. Okay, during this period of right. time for now, la. Okay, okay, yeah. great. Yeah, and uh, for those who have just joined in with us today, we have mm-hmm. Kenny Singh from VR Law. So Kenneth is, has been in the law practice for about coming to 10 years, about 10 years there? 10 years, 10 years. Yeah. 10 years, great. Yeah, and VR Law is located at Bank of China uh, in CBD and um, they have a great office and Kenneth has, has been uh, a great help to, to a lot of our clients uh, over the past years together with Cecilia. So uh, of course, if you are looking for any yeah. convincing help, you can go straight to them at VR Law. And so uh, today we want to talk about uh, a bit more... Um, so-called like uh, questions about buying, selling, property sure. and stuff. And thank you for, for, for coming to our session previously no problem, no problem. a couple of uh, weeks back. Okay, great. And uh, I, I think what's, what's most important is that, you know, whenever it comes to buying 
um, and selling a property, there are actually a lot of a lot of nitty gritty stuff that you know a lot of consumers do not know about, and they they didn't ask these kind of questions. And uh, only when problems and issues pop up along the way, then everybody starts to get a little bit more concerned and stuff like that. So, uh, what 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 today, Adrian? We talk about you know selling first about yeah, all the questions right. relating to to selling a property and 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 some of the blind spots that as a, as a property seller. Uh, that you you might have and stuff like that. What do you think? Yeah, yeah that's great. Okay, great. Yeah, so so Adrian, why don't you why don't you, you shoot off the the first question to to Candice first? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> Candice, uh, as a seller for properties, uh, what are the things to uh, uh look for? What to take note? Um, the first thing to take note of, okay, is to make sure that the seller is really the seller. So, okay. <laughs> so usually you verify the identity and the name, okay, by checking, for example, the property tax reference or the title search, so that um when you issue out the check, okay, um you don't issue out the check to the wrong person. Mm, I see. I... Yeah, so, I, I think I think Kenneth was, was oh, sorry. I think I think Kenneth was talking about um from a buyer's point of view. Let's say if you're you're buying a property. Mm. And then uh, doing the ownership ownership kind of search and stuff like that before you actually pay off the one percent, right? Am I right? Correct, correct, correct. Okay, um, okay, great. Yeah, okay, the, yeah, maybe sellers point. Maybe you can, we can, <laughs> No problem. Maybe we can talk about buying first. It's it's fine. Yeah. So uh, from from the the standpoint of a, a buyer, let's say I'm I'm, mm. I'm looking to buy a private property. Um, the the very first thing, I mean, if I I went on to view a property in the resale market. And then I like this property. I went for a second viewing and stuff like that. And um, I want to start the negotiation going. And let's say both are agreeable with the the price already. Uh, what can you mm-hmm. say that before we even put down the one percent? It's very important to go to Inlease, uh, which if you're represented by your own broker, uh, your broker will definitely do the the ownership kind of search for you. Uh, it costs five dollar twenty five cents to buy off the Inlease dot uh, dot sg just to check if you are we are really mm-hmm. issuing the check to the to the legitimate owner or not. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, many a times, Kenneth, when um when the deal is 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 agreed, you know, when the agreement is agreed, um, let's say via text messages or verbally, and um mm-hmm. the the agent agent actually mm-hmm. went to meet their their buyer. Let's say the agent representing the buyer went to meet. The buyer to collect mm. the check of one percent, and then they deliver uh, over to let's say the seller's agent, right? Um, what are some of the things that you will advise to be negotiated first to prevent any issues that might come up at the back? You know, because because uh, let's say when we are representing mm. the buyer, usually what we do at the offer to purchase a letter mm. is that we will sit down a couple of more key points, like for example, for example, um, for the the seller, which is the vendor, to allow. Um, um, the the buyer to to maybe have one round of of going up to take some measurements and stuff during the completion mm-hmm. period, or um, and also one round for the bank's valuer to to go in and do the valuation as a formality mm-hmm. and stuff. So, what are some of the other things that you usually recommend to pen down in the offer letter so that uh, we can minimize it and make it a, a very smooth transaction when it comes to buying a property. Okay. Yeah. When it comes to buying a property. Um, I, I yes. think part of it, um, what is um, often um, left out, okay, is um, what you're actually going to get, okay? So, mm. um, one of the things that I would say is, is that within the offer to purchase, 
Okay, we've already mentioned some of the important points. I think the other part of it is um, possibly the inventory list. Okay, mm. on what are the items, if, if any, that are going to be passed um, across, okay, to the seller, okay, mm -hmm, uh, to, mm -hmm. to, to the buyer. So I, I think that, that, is, that is one part of it, okay. Um, and the other part of it is because these, these are always the, the, the details. Like you have already pointed out very rightly that, okay, such as the inspection. Okay, mm. um, going to take a look at the place, okay, to make sure that, um, you know, you can have your contractors go in and measure. Take a measurement. Okay, because, yeah. Correct, correct. Just to because, plan for a renovation um, and stuff. Definitely. So sometimes yeah. um, these these aspects are, are left out. And then the other nitty-gritty which, which um, is often left out is actually how many um, keys and access cards you are actually going to mm -hmm. get. Okay. Right. Um. So so um. It it's just assumed that as, as a full part of the process, um, that you'll get all of your keys and all of the access cards. Um. So, um. It it, it depends on the individual. Okay. Because mm. um, for most parties, they know that when they take over the place, they are going to change the locks. Okay. For very mm. obvious reasons, mm. please change the locks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. nowadays, what we have a lot more of is, for example, like um, those type of um, finger ID, okay, yes. or electronic locks, okay, yes, and so on and so forth. So, um, how how exactly are you supposed to pass this over? And then also sometimes it's um things like access cards, okay. So hmm. um, right. or even like the, the 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 parking, okay. Um, so. Um, all, all of these little things sometimes create tension, yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. if if the um, seller has lost or misplaced, or or sometimes um, what we see a lot of is that um, the seller has been renting out this out for the last ten years or the last five years. Yes. They have never actually seen yeah. the place after they bought it. <laughs> So right. when they are asked, right. um, what about the keys and access cards? And they give a, a very puzzled look and go, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. my agent mm -hmm. handles mm -hmm. this. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. so, these, so these I, I, th I think it's good la. to be clear at the front. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Great. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and I think it's also understandable, you know, when, when you're holding on to a resale property, especially like what you mentioned, you've been renting out for years. You know, sometimes when you first bought the place from a developer, developer give you, let's say for a three beta unit, they give you like, you know, four access card and four sets of keys and stuff like that. And then over the years, you might have misplaced and stuff. So I think uh, very importantly, when when you buy a property, it's, it's important to to first know, you know, just just as a, as a very um, uh, nice win-win kind of formality, just to put down, you know, hey, uh, how many access cards are there? Is there like two or three? I mean, at least you know in advance, you know, so that, you can you can be prepared and, and not get a shock during the competition and stuff like that. Yeah. What about um, um what about stuff like you know uh I, I think we, we answered we, we talked about this during the first session as well. Uh as a buyer standpoint, you know, as a buyer standpoint where let's say I you go and buy a property yourself, you're a buyer, and uh the seller or the seller agent was actually instructed by the seller to to um put in this this particular clause, you know, that the four percent exercise fee because what happens is that usually the market mm. practice is that the buyer will put in a one percent 
followed by option period, let's say 14, 21 days or stuff like that. And then they, they pay another Correct. 4% to, um, to the seller's law firm as a stakeholder in the yes. CBY account, right? So uh, sometimes because of various reasons, uh, some sellers, they will, they will request uh, in a January fashion to ask whether can a 4% be, be put in the seller's name or not, right? So mm. uh, what, what are your thoughts about this, this uh, kind of practice? Like, do you recommend that uh, as a buyer's point of view? Uh, what, is, what is your viewpoint? Yeah, okay, um, okay. Good, good question. So the starting point, um, if you are on the, if you are buying the property, okay, it's the first thing, question is what is your, the risk that um, is entailed in releasing this four percent? So um, how you answer that question as the seller, okay, simply by um, showing them in advance, um, look, um, I'm selling you, let's say, this property for one million dollars, okay, mm. and I owe the banks. Let me show you my loan statement. Okay, I owe the banks half a million dollars. Okay, I owe the CPF board in total maybe another hundred fifty thousand. Ah, so you know I'm good for this money. Okay, um, mm. it's not what is called a negative sale, which is which is the scariest sort of prospect for the agent, for the lawyer, for the buyer. <laughs> okay, because mm. what a negative sale means is that okay, you going back to that. $1 million property example, it means that um, the seller, okay, um, owes the bank, okay, 800000 okay, and then mm. the accrued CPF that they need to pay back is 250000 So what it means is mm. that um, it's a negative sale in the context of the fact that um, I sell you the property and I have to pay back 50000 <laughs> mm. And I still yeah. owe money to either the bank or to the CPF board. Um, in such um, situations, okay, usually, um, usually um, the agent will flag out, okay, or usually the seller will flag out that hey, look, this is a negative sale, okay, and inform the other side uh, about it. In such circumstances, um, what is the practice is that um, even the one percent or the four uh, percent is not paid out directly to the seller at all. All of this is instead paid out to the law firm's uh, conveyancing account. So this is mm. to prevent the situation um, from arising whereby, um, let's say the 5% has been paid. Then the seller at completion looks at you and say, hey, look, thanks. <laughs> um, it's a negative sale. So if you want to complete this matter, mm. um, you might want to give me another 50000 If not, we're not going to be able to complete this matter. And you as the oh, buyer gosh. will be like, goodness. Yeah, <laughs> it, it will start. Yeah, I I think uh maybe for the for the context for our audience, uh, what what Kenneth is explaining is that uh in the event of a negative sale, uh if let's say you are the seller, uh and uh let's say the, the price that you are selling is a, a million dollars, and uh after paying back your CPF and your mortgage, um there is there is nothing left for you to pay off. Um, say the 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 lawyer fee. Uh, your agent commissions and and probably you you might have to top up back to CPF board and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean the CPF uh, plus accrued interest shortfall is another matter. Uh, uh, because sometimes you do not have to pay back if you sell according to valuation mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So there's mm -hmm. another matter. But uh, what Kenny is saying is that if you have taken the one percent option fee first, and uh at completion 
you are obligated to bring back the 1% to your law firm because they need this money as part of the entire sum to complete the deal. If not, uh, you cannot complete the deal in a sense. Yeah. yeah. So, so we will we, we have this question because um, some sellers, they do have genuine reasons to ask for the release of the 4% to their name because probably some, some of the sellers, they are, they are in a situation whereby they need to sell and buy concurrently. And uh, maybe they have kids like that. They're trying to time the purchase and the selling so that they can move once without having to go and rent and things like that. So sometimes, uh, because when you do that concurrently, your funds are not released yet. And uh, they might need that that 1% and 4% as part that of the cash, cash uh, component to, to put down the, the, mm-hmm. the option and exercise fee for the new place. So sometimes sellers do generally ask that. So, so can it's based on a recommendation, um, you think that if this this uh, background of the seller is not a negative sale and there's sufficient amount to be released in terms of a positive mm-hmm. uh, net cash payout, then you think that actually the risk is, is more mitigated, it's smaller. Am I right to say that? Mm, it, it's it's very low la, in, in such circumstances. Yeah. Uh, because you well, just it, need to address, yeah, sometimes mm. what if the, the um, sellers they collect the 5% and then decided to run away with it you know, and don't come back yeah, so the buyers, you know, I, I can't get my house. <laughs> ah, um, there's actually a simple answer for, for that. Um, it's because um, so long as you are the buyer, let's say in this case, um, the seller has taken your 5%, okay, right. and he has spent it. Um, we, we have actually met um, scenarios like that. Um, yeah. And hmm. then he, he's car. like, <laughs> yeah, then he's like, you know, um, I don't want to complete, okay? Um, yeah. And I also don't want to return you your money. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. so, so what happens in, in, in such a context, mm. okay? So in mm. such a context, okay, it is actually possible to get a court order, okay, to order mm. for specific performance in this uh, matter. Mm. Okay. So um, that, that on, on the buyer side, okay, um, it's 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 not so bad, okay. So long as you have a valid option granted to you, which means that the option has been signed, okay. Um, you have a lot of 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 um, rights to to push through, okay. And and how it works mm. in the law sometimes is that um, this is a very clear area of law, okay. Um, mm. it, it's not like those cases whereby well, um, you go to the lawyer and ask, hey, will I win? Um, or where I lose. Generally, in such cases whereby the seller takes your money, okay, and doesn't want to fulfill the contract to sell you the house, it's it's very clear law, okay. The seller is going to lose. You're going to get your place, okay, okay, and, and that you are going to be able to um um get even your legal fees, okay, enforced against um the the seller in those in those very clear circumstances. Yeah, the most mm. they can do is okay. delay. I see. So what you're trying to say is that as, as a buyer's point of view, as long as you got your hands on the signed OTP by the seller, the deal is considered done, right? And and the, the seller is, is obligated by its specific performance to, to complete the transaction and, and, and hand That's over right. the place, right? That's right. So um, what if coming back to, to the, the pre-question of um, issuing the check, right? Because um, there has been instances that, that, we've heard about this, uh, you know, in the, in the uh, marketplace on the on. ground and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so what if, what if, let's say a buyer, let's say I'm a buyer 
and I, I saw the place. I like this, and I tell my agent, "Hey, okay, uh, let's offer. Okay, uh, come and collect the check from me. Okay, and and I write a one percent check to the seller's name. My agent is on his way, on his way to to meet the seller's agent, to meet the seller's mm -hmm. agent, and um, he has passed the check already and uh, exchange for Correct. the signed OTP, and and he's actually on his way traveling back to meet me." But suddenly I had a remorse, you know, I suddenly have like, hey, what am I doing this? Why am I buying this property? You know, hey, maybe I don't like this that much. And then I called my agent and said that, hey, um, I, I think I want to back up. Uh, I, I'm going to void the check. I'm going to void the 1%. Correct. Right. Uh, can, you, can, you, can, you, can you stop the check for me? Right. So uh, is that possible? Is that doable? I mean, my agent already has the signed OTP on his hands on his way back to meet me. Right. So is, is that possible? Okay. Yeah. Um, this this is less, um, as of law, as of law, mm. okay. Um, in such circumstances, um, what the law provides for is that at the very minimum, the buyer will forfeit the one percent. Okay. Mm. So um, this is because of, of two reasons. First, what um, when you issue a check, okay, there's the presumption in law that the checks have to clear. Okay. So if you stop the check. Okay, the other side, um, the the seller, ha has a fairly easy case of proving that. Hey, look, okay, um, you didn't clear this check. Okay, I'm going to ask you for this one percent back. Okay, I I'm going to sue you on this basis. That that's one. Okay, um, secondly, as part of the option conditions, um, generally, um, the other side is already bound. Okay. Um, mm. by the fact that they gave you uh, this option on the receipt of this 1%. So, so you're actually bound both ways, okay, as the buyer mm. to, at the very minimum, forfeit the 1%. Um, this is law, okay? But practically speaking, um, sometimes you have to decide whether you are, whether it's going to be worth the hassle, okay? Um, mm. Because what um, usually happens in these type of circumstances is that a lot of allegations arise, okay? And it, mm. get, it gets a bit nasty, lah, okay? So, for example, mm. that some of the allegations which arise is, oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I thought I just issued the check, okay, so that we can show good faith and we can discuss, okay? <laughs> or, mm. Um, mm. you know, or I didn't know, okay? I thought, um, you know, etc. that the agent was not going to pass the check to the other side yet. You know, mm. it was just a booking. Mm. But I, I didn't know that the option was going to be offered. Okay. Or three, hey, we haven't finished discussing all the terms. All these terms within option. No, 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 no. I don't agree to it. <laughs> okay. Etc. <laughs> Etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Right. Okay. Um, so then, as, as the seller, you have to be, you have to, um, decide um, how best you want to proceed. Um, do you want to sell the house or, or do you want to get engaged in litigation? Because um, unfortunately, my, 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 my basic standpoint is that um, all litigation, um, only, only the lawyers win, okay? Um, so mm -hmm. so um, I, I try to um, advise um, um, conflict avoidance, yeah, generally speaking. Because because if not, um, buying a house or selling a house is both supposed to be a, 
a fairly pleasant experience, then if yeah, it starts off with education, the happy experience. then yes. yeah. So I, I guess the, the important thing is that is that as a as a buyer, um uh, back to just now that question, right? It's also to understand that uh your agent is like an let's say if you have a buyer's agent representing you to buy a place, your agent is like extension of yourself. Of right? yourself, so, correct. So the very Correct. So your agent is like the 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 advocate. He, he he takes your instruction. So the very fact that he exchanges the check for you and brings back the OTP, the moment the OTP is in his hand, uh, you are obliged already. That means you, you have to fulfill your your side of the contract, which is to pay the one percent. Am I right to say that? Correct. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I think one way one way to look at this is that uh, when you're buying a property, it's very important to be very sure that this is the property that you, you really you like and you want to offer. Before you write the check, right? Because the, the time once the check leaves your hand, um, all this kind of risk will start to kick in once you have that, that sense of remorse and stuff. So I think as long as when you're buying a property, when you issue a check, it accompanies with a property properly, you know, um a stated offer to purchase letter to to protect your interest, to write down some of the things like okay, the four percent must be paid to the seller's law firm CBY. Um the 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 seller um agrees to grant me one round of um, you know, uh, visit to the place for my contractor to take some renovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how um, I, I will request an inventory list of like how many aircons, uh, how many how many built-in wardrobes are there and stuff like that. And I think once uh these are spelled out in good faith, then uh more or less it will be a pleasant experience rather than you know knowing later what are some of the the things that mm-hmm. you, you you really didn't expect as a buyer, right? So right. yeah, Adrian, uh, go ahead. You have you have a question for Kenneth? Yeah. Okay. So I think um, when the check is presented, I think the uh, agents or the buyer itself um need to verify the original uh, NRIC as well uh, um between the the sellers. I think just want to make sure mm-hmm. you know that uh you get the physical mm-hmm. original IC and then you verify the checks mm-hmm. uh, that they are the legal owners. Yeah. So this one thing. Um. Okay. Let's uh since we are now in the topic of the deposit, uh, what happens if um, the buyers, let's say he paid a one percent, four percent, so he exercised already. Uh, what happens yep. if um later the buyer found out that uh the owner has a uh, a bankruptcy uh, issues? What then happens? Okay, that still still goes on, or you know, um, is the buyer entitled to claw back his five percent? Yeah, what happens in this case? Okay, for a bankruptcy scenario, what very likely will mean is that the entire process could be delayed, will very likely be delayed. Mm. It is because um, unless they already got um, official assignee approval, okay, right. for the sale of property handled by uh, bankrupts, okay, mm. the official assignee comes in. Unless they have official uh, assignee approval already, okay, if not, um, it usually takes an additional month plus in order to get um, the OA approval. So um, this usually adds to the time frame required for completion, which is usually the in the range of two to three months. So that that is the only um, thing that the the buyer has to uh, be aware of. Uh, yeah. So the buyer can okay. still get his house. And, mm, sorry, the, the buyer can definitely still get his house. Yeah. Okay. Um, How long usually will be the and, delay? Usually, um, it, I would say I would add an additional month okay, to the mm. originally anticipated timeline. 
but but it really it really depends also because um sometimes um the sometimes the lawyer is not informed only until um everything is already exercised okay um sometimes the seller lawyer has no uh, runway to to liaise with the official assignee and get approval so it, it it really depends okay um it is also possible that um, everything is completed on time within the stipulated mm. time period. Mm. Okay, and if it isn't, mm. what happens is that um, the the buyer has this right to basically charge late completion interest. Okay, for mm. any delay in in this completion. What yeah. what are the fees incurred for mm. late completion charges? Um, it's generally set at eight percent. Okay. Of the sale price of the property, eight percent okay. per, per annum. Per annum. Prorated okay. per annum. Correct. Yeah. So okay. um, it usually uh, ends up to be like at least a few hundred dollars a day. Well, okay. Like, depend depending on the sale price. <clears throat> like. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Great. Yeah. So if you're if you're um tuning with us now. Uh, this is uh, live right now uh, and we're speaking with Kenny Singh from BR Law. Yep. So welcome to our So Far So Good Live at Property Limb Brothers. And uh, Kenny's with us today to answer some of the questions relating to conveyancing if you're buying and selling a property in Singapore. And, so, and we're asking him a lot of uh, questions that are in detail and usually these are the, 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 the things that buyers and sellers overlook when it comes to buying and selling, especially resale properties in Singapore. So, uh, Kenneth, uh, thanks for, for answering our questions so far. Later at the end, we're going to have a Q&A session. So if you have any Q&A, you have any questions relating to convincing uh, or relating, relating to transaction uh, kind, of, kind of stuff when, when transacting properties in Singapore, just leave your comment down below, uh, right below in the box uh, if you're watching this on Facebook or, or YouTube or Instagram. So thank you for tuning in with us. Okay, Kenneth, let's go to the selling portion. Selling portion. So just now, Adrian and myself, we talked about the buying part as a buyer's point of view. What are some of the things to look out for and th and things like that? Um, let's go to the selling portion, right? So so as a as a seller, as a seller in Singapore, when when we are selling our resale properties, and um, let let's let's talk about the fact that you know, let's say a buyer has already paid the one percent, they have paid also the four percent to exercise the option, and you as a seller. Uh, because not right now your legal obligation in terms of the additional buyer stamp duty for your next property mm. is clear already, mm. right? So, um, right. usually what what Singapore sellers will do is that um, they will then proceed to purchase another property at this point right. in time because when they put down the one percent, take the bank loan, they can take seventy five percent. They do not have to pay the ABSD or twelve percent, and so that um, right. everything will be as as per normal. Okay, what if what if after I have sold my place to this 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 buyer, they paid one percent, four percent to my lawyer. <clears throat> I proceed mm -hmm. to buy, and I paid one percent and four percent already. But suddenly, one yeah. month later, I receive a call from my law firm and say that hey, this this buyer now for your place now wants to pull out, right? And and they do not want to complete. Or maybe during the completion, then I know about it that they are not completing the deal, right? So so what is going to happen and and what can I do as a seller? Um, <laughs> you're in a lot of trouble. It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're in a lot of trouble. Um, so for, 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 for such yeah, a so, scenario, so we're, we're talking yeah. we're talking about a seller's point of view, not yeah. Correct, correct. On the on the part of the seller. Okay. Uh, 
Mm. Yeah, you're definitely in a lot of trouble. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> let me begin the list of the troubles that we have basically found ourselves in. There is a list. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, um, Iras will come back to you and say, "Hey, you didn't sell your property after all. I'm going to tax you." <laughs> so mm. that that's okay. the, that's one part of it. That that's probably the biggest part of, of it. Um. Yeah. And then the, the the second part of if you proceed with the transaction, more likely than not, yeah. um, if you require the funds, you know, from the sale of this property to finance your new purchase Correct. or not, okay, this in turn means yeah. that you 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 create that 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 cosmic <laughs> negative cosmic chain of chain of effect, yeah, okay, of of pain <laughs> by telling the other side, hey, um. You know, I have to pull out my purchase too. Okay. Um, so um what you can do is that you you can forfeit the five percent that has been paid to you. That 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 part is very clear. Okay. Mm. Um but then apart from that, um theoretically there is a right for you to claim damages against the other party. Okay, but um being able to enforce um these claims. Again, requires you to spend money, okay, to enforce your rights, okay. Um, so, um, and technically, whatever um, losses which result from the pullout of this sale, um, technically you can, you can enforce it against the other party. So let's say because um the buyer, okay, of your property didn't proceed with the purchase. Okay, cause you to maybe because there's bank cancellation fees or so, cause you to maybe lose the deposit. Okay, bank cancellation fees. Okay, or if you know um the um the person whom you were going to buy it from, in turn also is claiming damages against from you. You know um it, it's like those are motor car accidents. Chain effect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you go you go back to the the guy at the back who started it. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So everything you can lump it together and claim against the buyer who initiated this thing. Yes. Yes. Right. Correct. I have one as, okay. as, as of law, la. <laughs> okay, okay. I have one question. I do not know is whether is it a truth uh, or a myth. All right. So sure. Assuming uh, let's say the uh, property is transacted at one million, to so okay. But the buyer didn't uh complete the sale, and then the market suddenly has a plunge. All right. And then yes. um, now the property is only worth eight hundred thousand. So the sellers yes. uh, resold this property, and then sold at loss of two hundred thousand. Can the seller right. claims against the first buyer on this? The differences. Okay, um, you you see that is in theory. Um, if you phrase it in that way, okay, it's it's um what it is called is economic loss. Okay. okay. So economic loss, okay, because um I sold it to you at one million, you right. didn't buy it, I have to mitigate my loss, okay? I sell it to someone else um at two hundred thousand less. Um so I claim against you for that two hundred thousand difference. Um claiming economic loss in Singapore is very difficult. Very, very difficult. Okay. Um the remedy is there on paper, but um the chances of succeeding are somewhat slim. Okay, right. it's because mm -hmm. um yeah Singapore they 
they don't want us to claim economic loss lah. Because if you follow through in this type of things, um, we have situations arising whereby, hey, you delay me for my meeting, okay? I was going to close this $1 million deal, okay? So because you knocked into me and you delayed me for my meeting, okay, you owe me a million dollars and so on and so forth. Yeah. So because that is the logical extension of allowing claims for economic loss. Okay. So um, hmm. so hmm. that is generally speaking um, uh, not quite allowed. Okay. Uh, will be very difficult to claim at the very least. Uh, what is allowed hmm. is uh, specific quantifiable damages. Okay, so for example, mm. um, you have to cancel the deal with me. Okay, um, so what are my damages? Um, what I have to pay to, to mm. the bank? Okay, the cancellation mm. fees. These are specific quantifiable mm. damages I can claim. Okay, mm. um, how much mm. um, deposit that I lose? Okay, specific mm. uh, damages which are quantifiable again. Mm. Yeah, so, mm. um, but then um, suing people takes money. So, uh, and initiating such legal actions easily costs five to ten thousand dollars minimum, okay, for the start. Mm. I emphasize mm. this, this is just for the start, <laughs> mm. okay. Mm. And then if it actually goes to trial and whatnot, uh, okay, yeah. that's when the, the yeah, the, yeah, that's when it snowballs. Um, then mm. you'll be like, why did I? Do this. Now I, I don't yeah. hate the other fella so much. I think I hate my lawyer as much <laughs> as I hate <laughs> the other guy. <laughs> okay, so, so, so Kenneth, you, I mean, we, we all know that this, this type of situation is not very common because mm. usually when, when the buyer has already paid, let's say I'm a seller, the, the buyer has already paid me 1%, paid my lawyer 4%, they've already paid IRAs, yes. the, the buyer's stamp duty, they have it's signed their bank letter of offer. Mm -hmm. substantial right so so the the chances of them backing out at completion and losing that five percent and stuff like that uh we we know that is not very common in the marketplace but for based for on your experience property. over the past 10 years for private, for private property. properties right yeah plus plus uh yes for private property, because I, I know you're talking about hdb deals okay so for private property we know that it's not very common um and bearing the fact that the buyer also knows that in the event in the event if they were to back out uh, mm -hmm. nearing to completion after they have exercised the option they are going to put themselves in a lot of um legal risks that the seller Correct. can sue them for for damages and Correct. stuff so uh but based on your 10 years i mean um you, you you told me that you know per year you guys handle like i don't know how many transactions you guys handle 200 300 transactions or something uh per year at your law firm um, uh, a little bit more than that because i think on average, <laughs> okay. average right on average, it's around 100 plus transactions a month. Like. But, but now we're oh, a month. Now, so, so it's about... breaker, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's about probably 1,000 um, to 1,500 cases per year, yeah. something like that. Okay, so yeah. how many cases have you seen, you know, that uh, such unfortunate incidents happening, you know, like, mm -hmm. like um, buyers backing out, nearing to completion and stuff, and then causing a lot of uh, chain effect for the seller's part? Um, I would say okay, have you seen um, this, 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 I, I have seen okay um, mm. in some cases very rare okay, but let me recall I would say in 10 years okay in 10 years I've seen maybe two cases yeah and wow. in both okay. of those cases um, it was because there were problems with the loan yeah 
Okay. Um, and, and, and that that's why they got themselves into this uh, situation. So like yeah, two cases both, both in cases your ten were, years. In ten years, yeah, two cases in ten years. It's, it's not a lot. So it's like zero point <laughs> zero point zero zero one percent, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's very rare. Okay. It's okay. All right. Rare. Okay. Yeah, because because as as a seller, definitely I'll have this concern. You know, hey, I I'm, I I sold this property. The buyer has exercised and, and now I'm going to buy my next property already. I'm going to sign a loan. What if here there are some issues, right? So, and I already done my part. I waited for them to exercise and things like that. And, and before I went ahead to purchase. So, I mean, as a seller, naturally, there'll be a concern. We always tell our clients, you know, like the, the, the moment, if, whether you're a buyer or seller, the moment you buy a property, you become mm -hmm. a potential seller someday, right? So, so the moment you buy a property, in some day you you might want to sell and, and move on and things like that. So I, I think it's important mm. as a consumer to know both sides. You know what are what are our mm. our risks, what are our roles and responsibility and stuff. Okay, great. So, so, so let's move on to the next question. Adrian, you got you got uh, the next question for Kenneth. Yeah, I do have um very commonly in the option to purchase uh, for private. Uh, there is this uh, condition of law society, um, mm. two thousand and twelve. And we do know that there's one like uh, 1999. So we always use the yes. latest one, two, one, two. But as a layman Correct. term, you know, what is the difference between uh, both of them? And why is this cost inserted inside? Okay. Um, the main difference, okay, um, the main substantial difference is the interest rate if you um, don't complete in time. Okay, interest okay. rate. Okay. The, new, the new rules, okay, um, the, or the penalties, like if you would. The new rules basically provide for 8%, okay? Um, interest rates, okay? Um, I can't quite recall the, the old one, but it was 10% if I'm not wrong, okay? Also so, um, yeah, correct, okay? So, um, for the late completion interest. And then, um, the new rules also are a bit more clear about what you need to hand over on completion, so, so mm. that is that is the um, the the new rules are, are slightly clearer, okay on on most mm. things. So that that mm. I think mm. is is the advantage la. And gradually, I think over yeah. time, um, yeah, it, the rules will pretty much mean conditions of sale two zero one two. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one one very important clause for both uh buyers and sellers to take note of is that. Uh, I mean, for the for the buyer is the caveat and talk clause uh, because when you're buying uh, a, a resale property, a private property is is as is condition, right? So, mm -hmm. as a buyer, I mean, right. we all need to understand that this is a resale property. There's no defect warranty for one year, unlike buying from a developer and stuff like that. So, uh, to to really note, you know, like in the inventory list and stuff, what you're getting, and 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 to be aware, you know, if that. Yeah, their stuff mm -hmm. definitely you have to touch up and things and renovate after you buy it. True. So, but as a as a seller, I think importantly is to to know that all the fixtures and fittings have to remain, and um, there's also this particular clause in the sales and condition two zero one two is that if there are found to be any unauthorized, uh, kind of alterations, um, like alterations, right? That the the mm -hmm. the seller will have to make good. Maybe maybe can you just want to elaborate a little bit uh, on 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 that clause on that particular clause? Okay. So um yeah. that for condominiums, okay, this is very rare. Mm. Okay. Um mm. at, at one point of time everybody was trying to build a loft unit. 
I, I think the, the law <laughs> okay. was probably changed because of that. Okay. Um, mm. so, um, so what happened was that a lot of these so-called loft units and whatnot um, were unauthorized works. Okay. So it was mm. conducted, you know, done up on the sly. Okay. And because, um, you know, um, it's a private condo, nobody's, uh, I, I mean, the chances of it being inspected are somewhat rare. Okay. So mm. when you sell on the unit, okay, that's when um, someone who is a bit more cautious might take a look at it and go, huh, um, <laughs> you got the approval for this, right? <laughs> or mm. this was mm. inbuilt, right? <laughs> From the developer. This was approved, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is approved, right? <laughs> okay. Mm. So so um, that, that's, that, that's, that's when these type of um, issues arise. Then you realize that there are uh, unauthorized works. And, and the kicker mm. to it all is that um, the lawyer ha has an almost impossible task uh, of, of knowing or proving um, whether there are any unauthorized works because um, it requires, the, all, all we can do is that um, we can only check the legal requisitions. And the legal requisitions on unauthorized works means that if somebody reported it, it will be noted down. Mm. Yeah, but if nobody mm. reported it, yeah, then then it really requires um, a certain level of experience on the part of the agent, okay, to to see, mm. hey, this this is likely unauthorized, okay, and to ask those questions. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, what happens? Uh, this, this question just came to my mind. What happens if, um, after the completion, so buyers, you know, very happy, happily get the keys and then they want to, they enter the premises. So, what if they found that uh, the place is not in a satisfactory condition? Or like you know, there's some structural defects, leaking of the place. What what can the buyers do? Or the, or okay. the icon has been um, ripped off and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh. uh answer in two phases. Let's say your your <laughs> icon has been ripped off. Okay. This this though that is very clear cut. Okay. Um. Um. They have to make good. Okay. Which means either money, mm. or they have to put back an icon for you. Okay. Um, the original aircon, okay, which no, you first okay, saw. Uh, you... Okay, coming to a sub question of this aircon thingy, yes. what if, what if you you enter the place, you found that the aircon has been ripped off by the seller, and you already yes. have an inventory list that the aircon has to be yes. there, the lights are there, the wardrobes are there, and the seller say, okay, I agree to put it back, okay, and the seller say, hey, mm. it's my mistake, I agree, agree to put it back, but that takes time. Maybe it takes about three weeks to put it back. How about the mm. loss of time? Because I, I could have used this time to renovate, you know, and, and things. And, and I could have been, maybe mm. I'm renting a place, I'm paying rental, right? And because of your action, it costs a lot of different kind of delays. Yeah. What about all these opportunity costs? Um, all these opportunity costs fall under economic loss. Okay. okay. <laughs> Which means it is, it's a bit tough. It's a bit tough. Yeah. So usually what, um, in, in those type of circumstances, what you will say is this, um, hey, look, um, you're going to delay me if I'm going to have to wait for your contractor for three weeks, okay? Tell you what, okay, you caused this problem, okay? Um, I'm not going to be paying for your um, um, rectification. My contractor is going to tell me how much it's going to cost to put in this reasonable quality aircon, Okay? And I'm going to bill you for this amount. That 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 is the mm. very practical response, 
it's usually settled by way of mm. um, money rather than than anything else. Okay, uh, um, usually it doesn't happen for private property, but um, one of the more interesting things is for there to be that um, last round of, of, of inspection. I, I mean, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but that final round of inspection, um, sometimes it's, it's, it's a very interesting proposition, okay? Because sometimes I would say, um, because everything you do it, uh, buyer be on a caveat emptor, buyer beware, of basis. So if there is anything um, small or insignificant that you want to um, complain about, your lawyer will tell you, too bad. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Okay, pay me $3,000 to get $300 back? You know, you know it, it doesn't make sense. Okay. Um, but sometimes um, this final round of inspection does help to prevent um, some, of, some of these issues. Lah. Yeah. But 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 mm. but I I know it's it's not very uh, common for 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 private property lah. yeah. Because once the sale mm. is concluded, um, the seller is also concerned. Hey, will the buyer suddenly raise last minute issues and demand compensation if I allow this final round of inspection? Okay, and on the mm. buyer side, they might feel hey, this is a pointless gesture because um, everyone is telling me you know um, you are going to renovate right so. You know, so so so, but mm. but so so so, it really depends on on the individuals um what what they want la, for them to be um, satisfied with the whole process. Okay, great, great, yeah. So, uh, I think I think now is is a is a good time to do some Q and A, Kenny. What do you think? We can do some Q and A with our, sure, with our, sure, with our sure, audience sure. here. All right, yeah. So if you're just just joining us, uh, once again we are with uh, Kenny Singh from BR Law and. Uh, Kenneth has, has been a convincing lawyer for the past 10 years and uh, yeah so right now if you have any questions just put it on the comments box below if you're watching from Facebook or YouTube or Instagram and uh, we'll be glad to, to have you answer that okay let's have a look we have a question from Caleb can you see that uh, Kenneth? okay yeah yeah I see it how do you know All that right. one percent check hello okay <clears throat> wow Bye, Caleb. you don't let <laughs> The simple answer is that you don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, th th this is one of the questions which I think you have to ask the agents. <laughs> These are the yeah, two experts uh, to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, I think Caleb, yes, um, as, a, as a consumer, let's say, let's say if I'm a buyer and, and um, I, I made an offer and stuff like that, uh, I think it's very important as a, as a buyer, you, you put down uh, all communications with the with the property agent that is representing the seller in the text format. That means you put down in the WhatsApp format. Although you might be negotiating, uh, talking over the phone, but you put down in text format because uh, CEA, CEA, which is the governing body for property agents in Singapore, they are very, very, um, uh, I would say they are very stringent with um, issues pertaining to integrity and issues pertaining to how offers are being communicated. Yeah, so as a, as a, as a seller agent, the seller's agent uh, responsibility, number one, is to communicate all potential offers and all offers to their seller. That means no matter how low the offer is, they have to put out the offer to their seller. And the seller is the, the final decision maker to, to say whether they accept or they reject. So uh, I think from a buyer standpoint, if I'm a buyer, is to put down all communication via text message so that you know that hey, you know, um, 
is 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 this is this uh communication recorded in a sense and then let's say one day you found that the offer the place has been sold already and been sold at a lower price than your your offer then uh you you have a case there to to go to CA yeah. and uh to to seek uh some form of like complaint or recourse and and CA I would say that they take this very very seriously because this is one of the 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 thing that uh is is in the 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 guidelines and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yep. I'll just flag out um just, just just a little response to this because literally one one of my agent friends was um had had this issue. Um mm. it it was literally the case whereby the seller at that point of time rejected the higher offer. Okay. Wow. And after that they felt regret. Ah, oh, regret. I uh, I really want to sell this place. And then subsequently sold it for a lower price. So, so, so okay. that, 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 that sort of situation sometimes, um, it, 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 it could happens. also not be now. It, it could just be because, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think, um, as as uh, agents and, and professionals in the in the market, I think, uh, I think we, we are all trained to 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 make sure that our communications with all buyers and even our sellers. All properly documented mm -hmm. in our text messages and stuff, so that because sometimes, um, because of time differences and market changes, uh, sometimes yes, like what Kenny's mentioned, uh, maybe the seller missed on this offer in February, which is a higher one, and then they decided to wait for a higher offer, but market did a did a did a turn, and then in June they accepted a lower offer. So, uh, things like this could happen. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Kenny. Okay. Do we have a, a next question? Yeah, we have. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um. Is, uh, the recent cases. I I must I must admit I I'm not familiar with the Hin Leong GCB case. <laughs> I, I, I confess. I confess. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. I I can answer the the uh, generic, um of it lah. Okay. Uh, sure, what happens sure. when you when you exercise an option is that the lawyer has to lodge a caveat over the property. Okay. Um, then um, th this is why the, the caveat is lodged. Once, you, once we exercise the option, we lodge the caveat. Um, that, that's part of the standard procedure. And um, why it was aborted, okay, um, it, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Okay. So okay. That, that, yeah. That, that's, that's about the best Next question. that I can give. <laughs> okay. Next question. <laughs> Standby SSD amount. Yes. It's because the seller stamp duty is payable within two weeks. Okay. Of when the exercise, uh, when the option is exercised. So yes, you um, if you are liable for SSD, um, yes, you do have to stand by the seller stamp duty. Yes, and that has to be okay. yeah, so, so cash first. In cash, correct. correct. Yeah. 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 So th this one, this one is very important for sellers to take note. So if you fall under the three years seller stamp duty or four years seller stamp duty, uh whether is it four percent, eight percent, or or sixteen percent, uh just to take note that you will have to pay this in cash two weeks after your buyer has exercised the option. And 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 at that point in time, you have not received your proceeds from the, the deal yet because the deal is not completed. Yeah, but uh, there are definitely, I think that there's option to, to, to uh, seek uh, 
an appeal uh, based on your lawyer. Your lawyer can help you to write to IRAS to see whether there's there's a chance to to put this towards the completion. Am I right, Tennis? Yeah, that's correct. Mm. Yeah, uh, maybe can you want to elaborate a little bit on that, on like um, writing to IRAS to, 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 on the seller stamp duty portion? Okay. Um, for, um, can, can you repeat um, your question? Yeah, that means, uh, let's, say, let's say if I'm a seller mm. uh, and then I'm being taxed 8% seller stamp duty. Yes. And let's say if it's Correct. a $1 million property, 8%, 80000 and then, uh, but I do not have the money yet because the deal was not completed. It's, it's, it's a sequence that 1%, 4%, ah, I, I, within two weeks. I understand, the, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so how, uh, how do I, uh, is that is there a possibility to, to defer the payment? Okay, because <laughs> let me explain the, the, the process. Because in order to complete yeah. the sale, okay, uh, on completion, the, the, how should I put this? The buyer side require you to present the seller stamp duty certificate. Okay, mm. on completion in order for this uh, sale to be completed. So uh, let's say you have three hundred thousand surplus from your sale proceeds. Um, so what usually happens is uh, a scramble of negotiations. Okay, whereby we request um, the buyer side instead of issuing three hundred thousand out to the client. Okay, to apportion out eighty thousand plus late stamping, okay fees, okay to be paid uh directly to commission of stamp duties. So what happens is that on completion, that check of eighty thousand plus, uh, using the example that you mentioned, plus late stamping interest, okay, will be calculated and will be issued, okay. Um, either the seller or the buyer law firm will quickly take that cashier's order go to the post office and then immediately get the stamp cert issued on this matter so that this entire transaction can complete. Okay. Um, mm. In this sort of cases, there isn't too much of a prejudice. There, there is basically close to no prejudice uh, to the buyer, mm. but it, 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 mm. it's just about, it's not a normal process and both um, buyer, seller and their respective lawyers have to uh, cooperate so that this can complete, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I remember that time you also mentioned that um, there's another method to do it is that um, you can request for the buyer's side, that means the buyer's lawyer to issue that that 4% and uh, a part of it to be paid to mm. commission on stamp duty as well when, when they pay the exercise fee. Am I right to say that? Correct. Yes, that's correct. Mm, okay, so great. I think Thanks. It, yeah. it, it, it's always best to try and negotiate at the start. Mm. Mm. Okay, great. Do we have a next question? Okay, we have a question from Mark. Situation. Mm. Okay, um, simple answer to this is that it depends on the valuer. Okay, you are not a valuation professional, I am not a valuation professional. Um, leave it to a valuation professional. Okay, to tell you what is the lowest value. Okay, because anything happens, okay, IRAS will ask them, hey, how do you justify this, this lowest valuation? Okay, then, so, uh, um, let, let the professional take the risk that they are paid um, for. Um, so, so um, how they actually determine this um, lowest possible market value. Um, I, I've talked to some valuers, okay, just, just off the cuff, 
they were saying that there's this comparison method and and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, so um, the interesting thing is that Singapore, I would say, is a very um is a very transparent market, okay, as to what mm. the value of your property is, okay. Um, the valuation doesn't change too drastically, okay. Um, your difference is maybe at most like um, 50, 100,000, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, between one evaluer A and evaluer B. Yeah. So, 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 um, um, how do you determine? Um, it, it depends on the valuer and how they value it. Sometimes okay. there is a difference. Okay. There is a difference. I, I do admit that. Okay. Um, but it depends on the valuer. So, leave it to the valuers to, to do it. Okay, great. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably take in another two to three questions. Uh, yeah, so if you have just joined us, uh, our live show is um, at 12 p.m. on every Saturday, and uh, this is So Far So Good Live with Property Brothers. And today we have Kenny Singh from VR Law. So uh, this is Q&A time. We'll take in another two to three questions before we end the session with Kenny. Okay, so we have a question okay. from Vincent Tan. Hmm. Vincent. Okay. Um, Okay, usually um, in the point of reaching this verbal agreement, okay, um, usually the agents and whatnot would have um, sent a text message to say that we confirm, okay, um, this, okay, but um, unfortunately, I would say that if everything was unfortunately uh, only verbal, okay, and that you have not actually received the original option or, or the original check, Okay, um, the likelihood of both sides of either side being able to back out without more is is higher. Okay, because ultimately um, you are bound only when that physical document, whether that check or that option is exchanged. Right. So I, I think uh, for some of our listeners on the, our podcast. Uh, maybe let me just repeat this question from Vincent Tan. Yeah, so Vincent asked, sorry, <laughs> if you have agreed, <laughs> you have agreed to purchase the property verbally, but have not exchanged physically the original OTP and check with the seller agent, is a one percent deposit considered valid? Right. So um, okay. So so I I think what what Kenny is 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 mentioning is that uh, it is very important from from a buyer's point of view. Uh, that there is a, a physical exchange. That means you, you write the 1%, you exchange for the signed OTP from the seller, and um, the physical exchange has to take place uh, between yourself and the seller agent or between your agent, I mean your, your own buyer's agent and the seller agent. So the physical exchange has to take place uh, for, for this to happen in a sense. Right. Yeah. Can you got anything to, to add on to this, this, this right. scenario? Um, yeah, basically that physical exchange has to take place. Um, or, or just, just purely anecdotal, when we were buying our own um, condo um, a few years back, um, the, we really liked the place, so we offered. So we told the agent, okay, right. we agreed to their price. Okay, 1.4. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. The, the agent went back and said, we couldn't close it. Huh? We were like, but they were only asking for 1.4. They said, no, mm. no. We want 1.5 now. Mm. So we thought very hard. Mm. We were like, okay, 1.5. Okay. No, cannot. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, okay, thanks. 
<laughs> so sometimes um, um, some people will say that they are willing to sell. And, and I think this is some of the, that's why agents have a very tough job. <laughs> because some will say, I'm willing to sell at this price. Then when the offer actually comes in, they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, for the, 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 the yeah, so the yeah, sellers yeah. are so almost I, I, twice for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, th I think importantly from the seller's uh, standpoint is that, you know, uh, if you are the seller, uh, of course, sometimes uh, your agent might present the check to you, but um, if you have not signed on the OTP, it's not considered a done deal. So be, having a check presented in front of you uh, is, a, is, is, is just a, a way of consideration because sometimes um, you might have circumstances that change, right? That you 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 probably can't sell the house and, and things like that. So and so just to take note that if you're a seller, the moment you sign the OTP, your agent lives with the OTP. You leave your dog with the OTP. Uh, it's considered a <laughs> done deal in a sense. Yeah. So I mean, from the buyer's point of view, from the buyer's point of view, I think importantly is that um, before you write the one percent check, you have to be very sure that uh, you really like the place, and uh, do take note that. Uh, sometimes, sometimes things happen. Maybe you pass the one percent to your own agent. Your agent is traveling there midway, and then the seller suddenly call the seller agent, call your 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 own agent, and say that hey, the seller decided not to sell and stuff. And so, uh, things like this do happen in the in the marketplace. So until you have that that uh, exchange of of OTP action happening, then the deal is is considered done. All right. So we have another question. Uh, let's have a look at the next question. Okay. So um. This uh, question is from um, Wei Yi. So uh, let me read the question for you guys. So it says that I put a 1% deposit to reserve, reserve a private unit. No official OTP was issued because I, I need to complete my current HDB unit before I can proceed with any private purchase. There's only a letter between the seller and buyer to state the purchase price and the 1% option and the unit will be reserved for us once we are ready to OTP. Does this letter become legal if any complication happens? All right, Dennis, what do you um, think? Okay, your best protection is having that option issued to you. Okay, and you actually don't need to worry about having an option issued um, to you. It's because so long as you haven't exercised the option, okay, you are you, you haven't fallen foul of your uh, HDB MOP period or, or, or any of these regulations, and you are not liable for any additional bystand duty, etc. So you can safely have an option issued. Um, and instead of a letter, uh, a signed option stating that, oh, you can exercise only later or, or whatnot, um, stating down whatever special terms that you all need is a far better protection um, than just a, a letter between buyer and seller. Yeah, because um, yeah. Yeah. To, to, to explain a little bit more, the reason for that is that you bring this letter to me Okay, I have to sue to say that a contract was formed and all that, okay, in order to enforce your rights. Okay, you put an option to purchase in front of me, okay, which has been signed. Okay, I, I just go for specific performance. Okay, um, I have a very easy job. Yeah, so, 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 mm. um, it, it, it's a big difference, it, it's a substantial difference. Yeah. So, so adding on to this, actually, um, I mean, one thing that's very common in the marketplace now is, is that uh, if you're in between selling and buying, uh, you can actually negotiate for a longer option period. 
and that's that's very common in the marketplace you can probably ask for two months three months and private property is is i mean the beauty of of private property is that it is a private contract uh although selling and buying a property is is very much enforced uh in, in singapore is a very safe transaction because there are two lawyers there uh, but you can ask for a longer option period um usually the the realistic thing in the marketplace is that let's say you you need a three months or four months option period you will have to put in a higher amount of option fee probably about two percent or three percent or four percent and this this happens as long as both seller and buyers are happy with it right so uh, instead of the one four you can put down maybe like three percent and two percent exercise fee in exchange for a longer option period so that the seller has lesser risk uh, you also have more time to sell your place and, and stuff like that. Right, Kenny, am I right say that? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. Mm, yeah, sorry. No, just, just to add in, I, I've even seen options issued for to be exercised one year later. Okay, mm. so, so yeah. I, it, it's possible. Yeah, it's very flexible. Okay, so probably we're taking another two questions. Okay, so... We have a question from Kevin. Uh, is SSD still applicable if it's exercised on the same date when I'm out of the SSD lock-in? Um, <laughs> um, okay. I'm, I'm not very good at, at, at this type of, of, of max questions. You know, I'm a lawyer. Um, so what I will always <laughs> suggest is that one day later, <laughs> okay, so that <laughs> you don't have to question and doubt. Worry. Am I liable for SSD? Yes. Do it one more day later. My yeah. simple yeah. answer is just. I think people can wait one day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that, that, that's that's yeah, just, honest, honest answer. Yeah. Because after that, that then it's that you 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 start if you if I follow through with this question, then you start asking questions like, what if it's a leap year, or what about I, you know, <laughs> and, and so on and so forth. Okay. No. If mm. so, if three years doesn't it mean. The, the 31st, the last day of the month, or if it's the first and the so on and so forth. Okay, don't, um, I, I think try and save yourself from having to answer these type of, 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 of questions and having these type of worries. Okay, so, <laughs> so maybe just to, just to add on. <laughs> okay, so maybe just to add on to this, this, right? So Kevin is asking, like, you know, um, if let's say, um, I, I bought a property three years back. So let's say today now is uh, 2nd May 2020. Okay, maybe we'll just put it as 1st of May, right? Maybe, uh, don't put it 1st of May, public holiday. Okay, maybe just put it 5th of May 2020 and then you bought your place. Maybe three. Yeah, and then you bought three years back, right? You bought three years back mm -hmm. on 2017 uh, on the 6th of May. 6th of May 2017 mm -hmm. and then you have you are, you are liable for the three-year seller stamp duty. So, uh, to protect yourself, you need to clear three years. And instead of just putting 5th of May 2020, just put in 6th or 7th of May 2020 so that you, you, you can have that piece of rest of, rest, rest of, uh, a piece of mind, you know, as a, as a seller. So, uh, one more thing is that as a seller, you can actually negotiate and request to put in mm -hmm. into the OTP itself to say that uh, the seller and buyer or the, the vendor and purchaser hereby agrees that the option to be exercised on a specific date on the 7th of May 2020. So you can actually insert in a specific clause to say that both parties has agreed that if this option were to be exercised, it will be exercised on the 7th of May 2020. And it does not affect the mm -hmm. buyer because the buyer don't have to be physically mm -hmm. at the law firm on the 7th of May. They can Correct. actually go on uh, 30th of April 
on a weekday, I know law firms don't operate on the weekends. On a weekday, they can, they can just yep. go on 30th of April and say, hey, I would like to exercise the option on the 7th of May. I'll make all the payments right now. And uh, the law firm will only exercise it on the 7th of May, right? So this can be done. Uh, and it saves a lot of trouble just putting a specific clause to say that both parties agree mm -hmm. to, to exercise. Right. Okay, great. Uh, that's the next question. Okay, for Sharon. So for this, Kenneth, I'm sorry, I don't know how much is a per hour rate, but this is becoming like a, a, a private legal <laughs> consultation <laughs> session. <laughs> okay. No issues, no so, issues. Yeah, thank thank, thank you for coming to add, for coming on to add value to our audience. Okay, so if the seller agrees to sell at let's say one million dollar, but the agent managed to sell at one point one million, uh what should happen to the point one million can the agent pocket the full Definitely no. <laughs> this is not going to happen. There's no yeah. such thing. Yeah, so yeah, the, the seller has the final call. Whatever is penned down on the OTP is agreed. And whatever has been agreed with your exclusive agent in the exclusive appointment contract in terms of the commission amount is also agreed beforehand. So make sure that you agree with your property agent beforehand how much is the commission, mm. sign on the Form 5 or the Form 1 or whatever it is. Uh, to, to, it's, it's just my example when you renovate a house. You agree beforehand with your contractor how much is the renovation cost, right? So um, we always advise, you know, um, as as a as a whether you are an agent or you are a consumer, is to strike um that agreement, put it down on paper in the contract. What will be the agreed commission amount, uh, if the property were to be sold? Yeah. So everything has been agreed beforehand before you start off the partnership or relationship, right? Okay. Do we have a next question? Any more question? That's the last question. Okay, great. Yeah, so um, thank you so much for tuning with us uh, today. Okay. And uh, I, I think it's been great having Candice with us on this uh, live show. And so far, so good. Property Limb Brothers. Yeah. Uh, Adrian, anything for, for Candice? No, I really appreciate uh, Candice for taking the time to uh, do this uh, live show with us. Yeah. And, no uh, problems. Candace, no problems. Uh, from BR Law, they have been very supportive. They are very experienced in uh, handling convincing uh, cases. So all our clients, uh, that, uh, they do not have any connections to lawyers, we'll pass it over to uh, uh, BR Law. Thank yeah, so, so of course, BR Law is, is one of our, our top choice when it comes to convincing advice and, and stuff like that. Uh, their, their firm is located at Bank of China. You can also go over to their website, which you can see right now, brlawcorp.com. Uh, give a call to Kenny's um or Kenny's uh so-called assistant Cecilia, and I think they'll be they'll be glad to advise you on any matters relating to convincing. And, and uh, Kenny's it's, it's been great having you. Um, thank you, thank, thank you. you for being so so candid with us and um being so um um so-called like uh willing to share and be very transparent no with us. No and problems. I think it really it be great as yeah it has a lot of value to our audience. And uh, I think it's really great having you. And, and we, we will ask you back. We'll ask you back because we, we still have uh, a lot of questions that uh, our audience is very interested in uh, talking about bankruptcy, talking about divorce and stuff like that. So, and it all, all relates back to uh, property. And so thank you again. And thank you once again for everyone okay. to, to tune in with us, whether, whether you're watching from Instagram, Facebook or YouTube, we appreciate our time. And uh, of course, during this circuit breaker season in Singapore, do stay safe. Keep yourself healthy, keep your family healthy, and uh, 
All right, we'll see you on next week. And uh, this show okay. will be um will be at uh next week as well on all our platforms and thank you once again for tuning in with Property and Brothers. Okay, see you guys. See you.